Welcome to this Sunday morning's message podcast from Kingdom Faith. Morning. Everybody all right? Um, I am, just before we go any further, I, I pray that when I'm in that season of my life where Joan is, that I'm on, going on mission and that I'm being radical for Jesus. You have to understand that that is, that's the stuff that <laughs> when Joan's time comes, she'll be remembered on earth and she'll be known in heaven. Heaven, earth will be like, Joan, you are a phenomenal mother in the body of Christ. And heaven will be like, oh my gosh, she's here. <laughs> I really believe, Joan, honestly, continue to push forward, continue to persevere in the faith. Because you're laying out an example. Psalm says one generation will commend your works to another. You are commending the work of God unto us. May the Lord strengthen you as you rest up and as you, as you plan for the next mission. Yeah. Um, let's kick off just uh, by reading a bit of scripture. It's always good. Um, let's read uh, Genesis 22, Chris. Uh, if you've got a Bible, great. If you don't have a Bible, um, maybe ask the person next to you. If someone asks you to look at their Bible, charge them a fiver after the service. I'm joking, I'm joking, that's a joke, that's a joke, that's a bad joke. Um, here we go, let's, let's read it. Um, it says, uh, the angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you've done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. And as the sand on the seashore, your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies. And through your offspring, all the nations of the earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Yeah, God, thanks for your word. So just this short time that we have um, together, we're going to be talking about victory in the nations. That's why what Joan shared is so apt, so relevant. Um, I suppose it might have been done in some of the other congregations and over the past couple of weeks as we looked at this whole idea of victory in different scenarios. Definition of victory is an act of defeating an enemy or opponent in battle um, or in a game or in another competition. I am... Um, it's an assumption, but I'm going to say it anyway. Us having victory in the nations is seeing the darkness pushed back, seeing lies be pushed back, and the truth and the gospel and the reality of the saving power of Jesus Christ be advanced and the kingdom of God prevailing. Are we all on the same page with that? Are we all on the same page with that? Great. So looking at this scripture now, I'm, I'm going to, we're going to summarize the scripture in obedience blessing and victory when you look at this scripture backwards if you if you wanted to read it backwards it's it finishes on because you have obeyed me then it goes all the all the nations of the earth will be blessed i really i really feel that in order to see god's kingdom advance it starts with us and where we're at and being open to be obedient to wherever god is calling us there's a lovely HSBC, I studied marketing in uni, even though I'm doing music now, I don't know what, what, what that was about, it's a waste of time, no I'm joking, I'm joking, it wasn't a waste of time. But one of the, one of the things I found when I, was, I was, when I was studying is HSBC at the time had a campaign and a saying and it said, um, it talked about the power of thinking global and acting local. Thinking global and acting local. The thing is, when I, when I think of having victory in the nations, I often say to myself, well, Mate, I'm, I'm just trying to be a family man. I'm trying to put some gas on my meter and all of that, you know. I'm, I'm, I've got the normal stuff to think about. What do you mean victory in the nations? I've, do you not know I'm just, you know, I'm trying to be faithful to my wife. I'm, I'm trying to make sure there's food on the table. But actually, 
God is calling us to not just see, but he's also calling us to believe for further than where we are. Does that make sense? Our ability to believe and to see further than we are is, is the knock-on effect of that is that we get to take more ground and more territory. Not just as the church, but as believers, as an individual. You see, where God, when God calls you to salvation, when God says, hey, listen, Glenn, I want to save you and I want you to know me and know my love. When God says that to us, he's saying it not just for where we are, but for where we have the potential to go. Some of us work in different places and, and our, our reach is so far. But God is saying, I, I want to trust you with more. I want to trust you with more. And so victory in the nations quite literally starts with victory right here with you in Crawley. And you have to understand, if God is saying that to his church across the world, imagine the knock and effect. So someone says it, you know, someone's saying that, God's saying that to someone in Syria, God's saying that to someone in, I don't know, Bangladesh. Right there, if everyone has that paradigm, that mentality, the nations will be taken for Jesus and we will see the blessing of God in the nations. So from this point, I just want to list out a few questions about what this means for us practically. Um, and uh, just so that we can walk away and go, all right, if we forget anything from today, these questions can jolt this thinking process and we can start to see our faith beyond where we are. The first question I want to ask is, um, what does, well, we asked already, what does this mean for me? So where you are, what does this mean for me as a husband or as a wife? God wants to see me have victory in the nations. What does this mean for me? And I'm, I suppose we're writing down that question or we're taking note of that question simply because it's important to be aware of where we are and what we're doing. You know, when God said to Adam and Eve, you know, when they'd sinned, they said God was walking in the garden, they call it the day, it's in Genesis. And he says, where are you, Adam? God wasn't asking Adam and Eve where they were for his benefit. He was asking for theirs. God didn't, we're dealing with God here, you know. He knew where they were. But God was asking them, where are you? Because he wanted them to ask themselves, what have we done? Where are we? And where are we positioned? What does this mean for us? The next question um, is, who are we? This all leads into seeing victory in the nations. These are all questions which process and break down our scenarios and our context. The next question is, who are we? When I think of this, and the, and the result of seeing victory in the kingdom of God prevail in the nations, I first have to understand, as Paul did, as, as many people in Scripture did, that I'm a broken man saved by grace. God uses broken people to do extraordinary things. God uses broken people to do extraordinary things. God always goes against the status quo. God always does that. For you, for every one of your weaknesses, understand that there is strength from God waiting to kick into action in your life because he wants to use your brokenness to minister to other people in broken places. The difference between you and them is that you found a hope and you found a healer. Your salvation was never meant just for you. When God came and said, yo, I love you, you know, come on. Like, let's do life together. Let me give you a purpose. He didn't just do that for your benefit so you can get goosebumps and sing great songs on a Sunday morning. He did that because there's something in you which the world needs. So when scripture says the earth awaits the manifestations of the sons of God, there's something in you that the world needs. You're a broken person saved by grace. And the world needs what you have. You still with me? 
What do we carry? This is the next question. If you're taking notes, what do I carry? We're moving quickly just for time, but as I said, hopefully the questions are just, you'll be able to grab onto that. If you forget this big black man standing here, you'll grab onto the questions and all will be cool. You're allowed to laugh. It's okay. Don't worry. Um, what we carry. <laughs> what do we carry? What do I carry? What do I carry? Well, fundamentally, we carry the presence of God. I once used this analogy of a, of a, a pregnant woman now. Became a dad 11 months ago. What a game changer. Um, <laughs> but actually, I, I've learned a thing about being a carrier of the presence of God by watching my wife, a pregnant woman. A pregnant woman, a wise pregnant woman, carries herself in a way, in a specific way, because she knows that she carries something which has the potential to outlast her. My wife... She's not a smoker. Well, I don't think she's a smoker unless she does it in the garden when I'm not looking. But she didn't smoke and she adapted her appetite and her diet because she realized she has to feed and develop what she's carrying. And what she's carrying will continue the legacy of me and her. As a carrier of the presence of God who is called to see the nations taken for Jesus, we have to be aware of what we carry and walk in alignment with what we carry. There's no point in going and doing sports, like full-on playing rugby, when you're eight months pregnant. In the same way, it's important that you feed yourself, scripture-wise, being around people that edify and make you strong, people that get you going about the faith, in order to feed the thing that you carry. So that when you speak, you're speaking from a place of fullness and being aware of the presence of God. You know, there's a difference. Something happens when you're aware of God's presence in you and you walk into a room. I've been in job interviews and I've gone in and um, I might have, you know, with my nervousness, I've prayed up. So I've just spent the morning just, come on, Jesus, you know I need this one, come on. And then I've gone to the interview and I've sat down, just been myself, you know. Been myself, answered the questions, just been, been a lad. Not been very articulate. And I've had people go to me, there's something about you, your aura, your vibe, your energy. <laughs> you know when people are like, they go, oh, you just got energy about you. You know, you, you know, basically, they're saying you're filled with the fire of God. But they don't realize that. You know, if God can use a donkey, he can use them to tell you what you carry sometimes. Mm. What do you carry? The next question is, who are they? Who are they? Who is God sending you to? It's all good saying about the nations and about God wanting to see victory in the nations. But you've got, to, you've got to put a pin on that. You've got to kind of go, all right, what do these people consist of? You know, in marketing, we, um, one of the things you realize very quickly is a product is worth nothing if it is not assigned to a target audience. I could have the best music stand in the world in my bedroom that I made. But if I don't know how to get it out to the world and show them how good it is, or let alone know who it's supposed to be used by, there's no point in me selling this to a fisherman because that devalues the very product. I've got to know it's for musicians and for people who play instruments. In the same way, if we're going to see victory in the nations, you've got to understand what you carry, understand who you are, a broken man saved by grace, and know that you are meant to be out there reaching the broken. It sounds very simple, but it is complete life. 
It is complete life. And I believe God is calling us to grab hold of the simplicity of this mandate. Yes, you in Crawley. Yes, you. Yes, Jake in Broadfield. In my little house with my boy and my wife. God's calling me to grab hold of bigger vision. I cannot, I refuse to limit my faith to this church. Now listen, that's not a slight on this church. Rather, that is a response to the mandate of God. You know, one of the last things that Jesus said is in Matthew 28. One of the last things he says to his disciples, now go into all the earth and make disciples of all, of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And lo and behold, I'm with you always, even to the end of time. The last thing our king says is go to the nations. He didn't say, yo, have a great time. It's going to be great. It's going to come some power on you. It's going to be phenomenal. And, you know, sing some songs, some great worship songs to me. He didn't say that. He, 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 he specifically spoke into the need to see beyond where you are and know what you carry. Who are they? Broken people without a healer. They're people out there who are longing to find purpose, people longing for love, people longing for hope. They're the poor. They're longing for freedom. I am, I'm not one who, who loves statistics. I'm not that guy. I'm not that academic type guy. I'm not that, you know, my wife is. She got a first class degree and everything. I was like, oh my gosh, you know. She's that, if you're that way inclined, I'm sorry, please don't be offended. I'm so sorry. But I, I ended up looking up statistics of the ethnic minority demographic in Crawley. In two, as of 2011, there was 27% of Crawley was ethnic minority. So you want to start with the nations. Well, who are you reaching out to disciple deliberately in Crawley? There are people right on your doorstep. You don't have to leave the country. You know, that's the 2011, so probably by now it's maybe like 32, 35, maybe, who knows? Crawley's the main commuter town between London and Brighton, just around the corner from Gatwick. We are a gate, a, a, gate, a door into this country. We live. Do you know how profound and prophetic that is? That we have a church where people come into this country, right here in this community. We have first dibs to see them saved. Other towns in the UK have to wait till they get there. We get first dibs. You want to talk about the nations? We are specifically located for the nations. What are we doing to reach out to these people on our doorstep? Let alone, what are we doing to enlarge our vision to see where God is calling us to pray into and to speak into and go on mission to? You still with me? Two more questions. In fact, no. One more question. What do they need? What do they need? I love in Revelation, it talks about, and they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony. You know, I am, um, my, my, part of my story is, I was, I'm a PK. Do you know what PK is? PK, pastor, pastor's kid. Oh, hey, Sally. Pastor's kid. And, uh, Stereotypically, we're supposed to be quite notorious when it comes to being uh, lukewarm, <laughs> uh, being great on a Sunday morning. Praise God. It's great to be here. I just love Jesus. Don't you love Jesus? Smiling like this. And then on the week, during the week, just being 
at the bookies. Do you know what I mean? Or, or, or doing something like, you know, complete opposite. Massive contrast. And, um, and my story goes that actually I came to a point where um, I was living this double standard life. Um, and I got to a point in my life where when I was about 18 and um, a massive situation happened where basically something scandalous really happened. I'm not going to go into it just because whatever. For now, it's not for today. Something massively scandalous happened. And um, to the point where if this had come to light or come to service, I would have had to move to Bristol and change my name to John. Um, and and I, had to come on, I had to come to a point and I said to God, you know what, Lord? If you get me through this, I'm completely yours. He got me through it, and now I'm completely his. Here's the thing. There are other pastors' kids... There are other people who are living double lives who look great on Instagram, but they're going through hell between the Instagram posts that need to hear my story. There are people out there who need to hear your story. There are people out there. Listen, in a world where everything is what you push out in terms of Twitter, Instagram, whatever else, people, people can, um, I've forgotten the terminology, where you, you, you self, not self-project, it's where you, you push forward the image that you want people to see rather than who you really are. Project, well, there you go, projection. That is the culture we live in. That's the norm, the normality. But God is calling us in this day and age to be authentic and transparent because it's that authenticity and transparency which will draw the hearts of broken people. You know, it's fun, I always, I always, it always blows my mind that when Jesus got out there and he was telling, and he, he met with people, and he, he ended up seeing loads of people follow him. He, if he was around fishermen, he would tell fishermen stories and relate to them where they're at. If he was around poor people, he would just tap into a poor story. Or he always knew a way to relate and meet people in a point of transparency and being open. True discipleship starts with true relationship. Your ability to relate with someone will determine your ability to disciple them. Your ability to be vulnerable and go, this is me. Whether you want to tell me what you're, this is where I'm at. And as we do the Alpha course and as you, as you do work, as you do life, understand this, that you are living your story. All you need to do is show it because it's full of Jesus. I am... Um, in what, I, in what I do um, on a day-to-day basis, um, I'm, I'm basically in the arts and media in that world. And, um, and I get to sit in the room with different artists and writers and musicians, which is an absolute privilege. Um, and it, and it, it blows my mind that I get to do this as a job. And yet God allows me to provide for my family. Um, but again, even that scriptural, you know, he says... Uh, uh, um, my Lord will provide all my needs according to his riches and glory. I'm trying to bring him riches and glory out there in the marketplace and he's providing my needs. So it's completely scriptural. Um, but I, for me, I've, I've come to realize the nations, one of the common denominators when you look at the nations of the world is what's called the seven pillars. I'll let you know what that is. So the seven pillars of influence, which apply to every nation, are the following. Religion, family, Media, arts, education, government, and business. If you look at any nation and you want to know the DNA of that nation or you want to know 
whether at look at any one of those seven things and see what's going on. When you see shifts for political power, it often falls into those things. And I, am, I realized as I, as I look back on where I am and where we are as a church, all of us, if working or operating, we operate in one of those. If you're, if, if you're at home as a mom and you look after your children, then you, you operate under family. If you're homeschooling your children, you operate under education. We're all in one of these things. If you're in business, you're in business. Well, that's there. Or arts and media. Religion. We all operate in one of these pillars. They're called the seven pillars of influence. The question I have for you is what impact are you making where you are? Whether it be work, whether it be family, education. You see, the thing is, I I know parents who homeschool their children and... They are at the forefront. These are Christians. They're at the forefront when it comes to petitioning for certain things. I get flooded with emails and WhatsApp messages about a new petition for education. They, they, are, they, they push themselves to be well-versed about their sphere of influence because they understand in the same way your vote can change the political landscape, your prayers and your action and your faith and your works can change an influence in a nation. Victory in the nations isn't just mission. It's not just going. It's also responding where you are. That's why we said at the beginning, thinking global and acting local. You need to understand that you carry something which is way bigger than what you think. In scripture, it says, um, uh, uh, it says and I'll, I'll paraphrase it, it says, um, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Now hear me. God there is comparing the prince of darkness, the one who, who's out there in the world, he's comparing him to what lies in you. That automatically tells me what you carry is meant for something way bigger than just you. It's for us to grab a hold of where we are, what we carry, who we are, and who they are in its entirety not just from a faith point of view, but also practically in terms of our spheres of influence, in terms of the places where we work, the places where we operate, and to step into and utilize the authority of God in faith and works and see victory, the darkness push back. We're going we're gonna to leave it there for now. Has that all made sense? Mm. I am... Um, I, thought, I always believe it's great, you know, when we hear something and we're stirred by it, it's great to respond to God. As we respond, um, I want to I ask you, what are you willing to believe for? What are you willing to believe for? And also, what are you willing to do? For some, there might be someone in the room or whoever that's not really into this whole nation thing. You're just trying to figure out God and faith and journey. That's totally cool. But understand this, God sees something in you which you might not see in yourself yet, and it's massive. Your weakness does not have to stop you from knowing life in abundance. For those of you who have been doing life with Jesus, there's more. And right now, I just want us to stand, and we're just going to trigger our faith and go, come on, give me a hunger for that hunger. You said there's more. You said there's nations that are waiting for what I carry. I'm up for it. 
That's if you're up for it. It's not by force. <laughs> if you're up for it, let's pray this together. Is that okay? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we want to be remembered on earth and known in heaven. We want to, we want to be radical for Jesus. We want, to be, we want to go above and beyond. We want to see beyond where we are. We want to have a heart for those who are not where we are and those under our nose. Lord, we want to see victory in the nations. And we understand that it starts with us. Renew a right spirit within us. Restore to us the joy of your salvation. Renew our minds. Holy Spirit, even now, fill us. Refresh us. Take away anything which does not bring glory in you. Highlight it and remove it. Because, Father, we want to be full of you. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you that you choose broken people like us to do extraordinary things in the earth. We simply say yes. We say yes to your will, yes to your way. Father, even now, begin to stir within us a fresh hunger for more of your power in the earth. Father, stir within us a fresh passion for your name. God, we pray. Father, we are not satisfied with what we've known. We want more. We want to be used more. We want to see more of your glory in our lives. Father, help our prayer expectation to rise, to go beyond where we are. Father, help our works, what we are moved to do, Father, go beyond what we've known. Lord, in the name of Jesus, Father, you're the God who saved us, and you're the God who can push us out further. And we're asking, push us out further. Just for a moment, so why don't you just begin to bring those prayers and begin to ask the Lord, here I am, use me. Here I am, send me. Why don't you just begin to pray that? God is calling on you. He wants your attention. He wants to know what you're willing to do. Come on, why don't you just lift your voices and begin to... Come on, let's lift our voices and begin to ask God. Here I am. Do whatever it takes, but use me for your glory. Do whatever it takes. Do whatever you need to do in me, but use me for your glory. Do whatever it takes, but enlarge my vision. Do whatever it takes, Father God. But take me beyond what I've known. Do whatever it takes, but give me a greater hunger. Father, there must be more. There must be more. Come on. Father, where you've placed me, where you've placed me, use me. Father, where you've placed me, use me. There is more. There must be more. Come on, why don't we press in? There's something stirring. Press in a little bit more. Father, kickstart a new thing. From today, from this moment, God, I know you said there's life and life and abundance. We want that from today victory in the nation because of your goodness today. It's one of the things that I I feel very specifically is this. Sometimes when you hear a word like this, or, or a sermon and it, and it 
it says something which is so blatantly obviously needed. Sometimes it's easy to go, I don't know where to start with this. But I really feel that those in the room that need to know, it starts with your prayers. It starts with your prayers. I'm not saying get on a flight to Haiti tomorrow. I'm not saying tell your boss he needs Jesus tomorrow. That might not be appropriate. But your prayers can availeth much. The prayers of the righteous, that is you, you're righteous because you're saved by grace, they can avail of much. And I want to challenge you and encourage you, just as we sing and we lift up our song to Jesus, begin to prayerfully consider and pray through, God, I want to see beyond where I am. Give me your heart for the nations. Give me your heart for the nations here and abroad. Does that make sense? Why don't we just continue to pray that through? Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources by Kingdom Faith and for our other audio and video podcasts, please visit kingdomfaith.com.